0: Hey, friends, before we jump into the show this week, I wanted to let you know about a cool new app I'm going to try out um, because I want to see just experiment with different ways of connecting with my audience and people who listen to the show. It's called Wisdom, and uh, basically it's an app that you can chat live with me and other people who are listening in as well. So what you can do is go to your app store. Download the Wisdom app and follow me. My username is at the Kevin Garcia, like all my other handles. And on Monday, December 27th at 12 Eastern time, so it's high noon. We're going to hop on the line, we're going to talk, we're going to connect, and I'll probably do some meditation. I'll probably uh, take some questions from the audience. It's going to be a really delicious time of intention setting for the new year. So again, download the wisdom app, follow at the Kevin Garcia, and join me on Monday at high noon, Eastern time. So we can connect and really empower each other going into the new year. I love you. I hope you're having a great day and I let's enjoy the show you're listening to an irreverent media podcast go to irreverent.fm for more content from our phenomenal amazing friends hey friends and welcome to another episode of a tiny revolution a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives i'm your host kevin garcia and this is episode 162 Today on the show, I am talking with my new internet friend, David Hayward, AKA Naked Pastor. You've probably seen his work all over Instagram, all over Facebook. It's like the most shareable, simple cartoons that really just, um, just really hit home. It's like, he he says it in this conversation, but he says more in one frame than many pastors do on a Sunday morning for 30 minutes of content. After 30 years in the church, David left the ministry to pursue his passion for art. He uses words and images to challenge the status quo, deconstruct dogma, and offer hope to those who struggle and suffer under it. David's no sister, um, David is no stranger to belief systems. He actually holds a master's in theological studies, as well as diplomas in religious studies and ministries, universal teaching, etc., etc. And his art expresses the stories and struggles of spiritual refugees and independent thinkers who question, doubt, and oppose the confines of religion. Each piece encourages difficult conversation and acts as a catalyst for critical thinking. He's an artist who supports queer folks, the the POC community, women's arts, journalists. He's just really a a truly an amazing person. Like, as we were talking, it was like, oh, you are the elder uh, that I've been missing in my life the person who can like, just say, Hey, this really is going to be okay. Um, one of my favorite things we talk about in this conversation is I ask him point blank, like, are you still a Christian? Like, do you call yourself a Christian? And we get into this conversation around like why these labels just kind of slide off of both of us and how many of us, like, you know, we, we, eventually moved into this place where we're not hating where we came from and not traumatized by it either. So go ahead and grab yourself something to drink. I am currently on the iced coffee game because I'm in a straight house and they don't do iced coffee here in the wintertime because they're, frankly, they're homophobic. You know, (laughs) I'm gonna stop. Um, Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. This was my conversation with the naked pastor himself, David Hayward.
1: David Hayward. Um, Most people don't know who that is, but many people might know who
0: the naked pastor
1: is. And that's (gasps) me, so naked pastor. (laughs) So, uh, and And because it's a
0: podcast, y'all don't know. Currently, David is naked. Just kidding. Just kidding.
1: (laughs) underneath all my clothes. Uh, And uh, my cartoons and um, um, talking about deconstruction. And uh, LGBTQIA rights and inclusion and uh, church abuse and stuff like that so I, I was a pastor for most you know my life it feels like um, I left the ministry in 2010 and I've been doing naked pastor full-time since so
0: yeah. so you went from from pastoring into illustration and just well
1: there was overlap I uh, I was blogging uh as naked pastor Oh yeah. yeah. Remember, you remember I remember blogs. Yeah. Remember, blogs?
0: Oh yeah. I was trying to be one of those girls. I was trying so hard to be like the gay Rachel Held Evans.
1: <laughs> how do you how did you do?
0: Um, I think I ended up being the gay Nadia Boltzweber. Wow, okay. So like good company. Cool. Um just um yeah. yeah. No, yeah. um, at least that, that's what I would love to embody TBH. Yeah
1: yeah well that's cool Um, yeah yeah so my blog is still there but uh now I'm I'm you know I found my cartoons and uh writing on social media and stuff is where I find most fulfillment Mm -hmm. and where I feel I'm of most use and so yeah having fun doing it
0: yeah I think we both inhabit this interesting space well probably like he's like i got my master's in practical theology just two years ago now wow it's been two okay. years since I, um and i've never like i've been in like you know evangelical ministry my whole life and now i'm like out here on i mean i go to a church it's a very tiny little church in atlanta that does really dope things mm-hmm. and I, it's like i say often that i don't care if the church survives but i care about my church mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, fuck, does that make me a Christian? So like, I guess like, I don't know, the question to you, like, do you, what, do you call yourself a Christian? Do you identify with the Christian label? Um,
1: it's funny. I was just, at, I get that asked I, at me every day.
0: Um, Same. And I just, and, I also, I, I, I'm, yeah. yeah, that's why I ask because I don't know how to answer it.
1: Yeah. So that for me is most often an anxiety ridden question um, mm. that I don't um I don't take upon myself. I don't I'm not I'm I don't wear any labels. I leave that up to other people to decide. And you know, I got a lot of, you know, different opinions about me. People, some people think I'm a believer, some think I'm an atheist, some think I'm a Christian, some think I'm a whatever. And yeah. it, it it doesn't it doesn't uh it doesn't stick to me. That's that's their way of trying to figure me out so they know how to slot me or how to you know where to put me in their Uh head and um or where to put me either heaven or hell or whatever Um, but i i really am at peace uh without a label and so uh i i say to people my home's in christianity but i have cottages everywhere and um
0: wow come on poetry
1: Christianity is definitely Chris and the church is my family of origin and it's in my DNA. Uh, I've left home, but, um, you know, I'm, I have no resentment or bitterness or hatred towards my home and mm-hmm. wish it well, you know, uh, but, uh, I feel like I'm more, um, um, I feel at home in many, many places mm-hmm. and, uh, and um, I live I live on a river. It's a huge river that is the conjunction of many, many streams. And I think that's who we are as human beings. We just have many streams flowing through us. Pick one, you know, but that doesn't make the whole river. And so that's, that's how I feel about um, my identity. It's very, very fluid. It's very magnified and it's very diverse and... I'm I'm very comfortable with that. Other people aren't so comfortable with it, but that's their problem.
0: <sighs> <laughs> okay, I want to take upon me your mantle of of that, whatever <laughs> that is, because for whatever reason, like when I graduated seminary, I said I am not a Christian. Just like mm-hmm. flat line, said so I'm not a Christian anymore. I don't want to talk about. It. I don't want to like it's like yes, I like Jesus, but then like it was like. Well, you're not a Christian, but you go to a, a queer led, black led, trans-led Baptist church wow. in the South. Wow. Uh, you still talk a lot in Jesus metaphors. You actually really like the Bible and you still get teary-eyed when you listen to certain hymns. So I'm not saying that if it quacks like a duck, that it's a duck, but that duck might be a Christian. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what? So what? I, I mean, it, it's I'm I'm fine. With that, I mean, yeah, there's times um you might find me. There's a church about an hour and a half, two hour drive from us where we would feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And we go there once in a while. We hang out with friends, stay overnight, have some drinks. You know, we hang out at church, uh, is very laid back, no pressure. I feel very at home there, no problem at all. But mm-hmm. I I also feel very much at home in all different kinds of contexts. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, that and I, mean, I
0: think it it's it probably comes from like I don't need. Because that's the same thing for me. Is like whether or not my church survives, I'm still I'm going to feel quite at home with myself. And like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for me, like my body is my first sanctuary, yes. you know. Yeah. And being able knowing that, I never, I haven't felt alone in a long time because of that.
1: That's great. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's healthy, healthy place to be.
0: When you, when you left ministry, um. What was the thing? Oh, let me ask you this. What was the first thing that clued you in to say, Hmm, maybe what I've been doing or learning or teaching is not exactly the right thing. What was like the first little indication that,
1: Hmm. Um, Oh man, it goes way, way, way back. Um, I, I left the ministry because I felt like I was out. I'd outgrown my, the pot I was planted in. I Mm. I thought it was, the pot was huge and spacious and I would be able to stay there and grow forever. But I I realized I'd come to the place where I could no longer feel free to grow. And also I I felt that if I stayed, I would um, compromise the congregation as well. Mm. We came to the conclusion mutually and amicably that we were no longer compatible theologically, and I, I needed to move on in order to grow. But that began way way back before I was even ordained as a minister, um, when I was mm-hmm. graduating from seminary. And um, I suddenly realized I didn't believe in the inspiration of scripture, and that for me was the beginning of the end. Uh, it, and so my deconstru- that happened, you know, we're talking, 40 years ago maybe almost 40 years ago listen
0: before deconstruction was cool well sexy. i mean sexy
1: yeah yeah exactly but so my my deconstruction was sort of a slow glacial melt it it, it was like a a virus had been uh snuck into my code mm-hmm. and just slowly corrupted it um uh, and uh, it took a long time and so i i went through my whole ministry I, I served the church as a pastor for about 30 years, um, you know, really, really struggling with, um, how to reconcile all these things, you know? So there wasn't any one thing, but the, the one thing that began it all though mm-hmm. was the inspiration of scripture, the, the three I's inspiration infa- um,
0: infallibility, um, infallibility
1: and inerrancy, all those three, uh, when they, um, were compromised, uh, that. For me, that for me was the foundation on, upon which all my theology was built. And mm-hmm. and so, yeah, it was uh, very traumatic. It was a crisis and um, it took a long time to come to the end of that.
0: Damn. Mm-hmm. I was one of my professor friends like a couple years back as I was having like the height of my uh, crisis of faith. Um, she looked at me and said, it sounds like you're having an epistemological rupture, <laughs> and I'm just like, can we? I want to rebrand it. Let's let's <laughs> stop calling it deconstruction and start calling it ep- epistemological ruptures, because <laughs> that's really what it feels like. It's like there is like this thing that just like eventually just like breaks in me, where I'm just like, oh, like it's not that I just don't believe this anymore. It's that if I keep pretending that I do, like mm-hmm. it hurts. Yeah, and I think that's like. The fact that like, we're just taught to ignore our pain in real time, Mm -hmm. you know, or just to disregard it or that pain is weakness leaving the body. Yeah. And that if you just hold like, like, mm, you know, don't hold on to the thing that's burning your hand.
1: Yeah. 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 I have, uh, like most people, I have these dueling, conflicting um, loyalties. Um, One is that I'm very loyal to things I commit to, to a fault. Um, and then on the other hand, I have this intense loyalty to my own freedom and authenticity. Mm -hmm. So often those are in conflict where, you know, I, I struggled with ministry, my whole ministry, Mm -hmm. and, um, because there, there were these dueling on conflicts, dueling realities of me wanting, you know, being loyal to the. Church and then, but also me being loyal to myself. And I have a really difficult time living with that tension.
0: Hmm. How did you begin to resolve it?
1: Well, um, so for for me, I, I don't look back on my past and say, Oh, I don't believe any of that anymore. Like I, I don't feel embarrassed or ashamed or anything, anything at all about all that. Um, uh, for me, that's like I compare it to compost, which is half dirt and half shit and basically mm-hmm. all folded in together and that's the culture out of which i grow i wouldn't be who i am now unless i was who i was then and so uh, it's a part of my story um i don't reject it or um mm. dismiss it or embarrass it um it's just who i was and that's how i grew and um so when i when i left the ministry i didn't see that as a uh a break in my you know like a detour like a harsh detour falling off a cliff or anything i saw that as a uh, the extension of my own personal spiritual growth that necessitated mm. me leaving the church in order for that to occur so mm. that's that's how i see um me um, yeah deconstructing leaving the ministry leaving mm. the church that all kind of culminated at once and uh You know, for me, it was even though it was a crisis, even though it was traumatic, even though it was, you know, um, overwhelming and took me a few years to recover, uh, I see it as sort of a a part of the package. And I I couldn't eject any of that without losing the benefits I've received from it.
0: Mm. So you would say that you are happier now?
1: Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh yeah. I think, no, no, no. I think it's
0: an underrated, it's an underrated metric.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Like no, when totally. I'm,
0: when I'm talking to folks, I'm just like, I was like, do you like, it's like, what are the goals? Like, well, I, th- I, I just want to be happier. I'm just like, that's a perfect goal.
1: It is a perfect goal. That's in fact, my wife and I've been talking about this lately. Uh, I've decided to make that um, um, sort of the core of, of my values right now is my happiness and the happiness of others too, as a, you know as a result mm-hmm. um yeah i i'm way happier now than i've ever been and uh i keep getting happier i have peace of mind um and i th- i think those are completely valid and wonderful things to pursue mm. i think was i don't i think aristotle said isn't that the chief end of man was to seek his happiness and um humanity people to seek their happiness and um and so i I enjoy my life right now very much. Yeah,
0: it's mm. brilliant. I In know. Fact, that. I,
1: I was just asked. Uh, I, I, I I have a. I'm on TikTok. I'm fairly new to TikTok, and um, yes, I've been talking about um, uh, deconstruction and talking about how I've been through it all. I've read all the books. Mm. I've read the Bible a million times. You know, we've prayed a million times. We've gone to church a million times. We've worshipped a million times. Mm. We've rededicated our lives a million times. Oh, all this stuff, right? How He's many times like, have, did I
0: happened? rededicate my life every summer between oh, nine maybe. and 19, yeah. baby?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I got tons of rededications under my belt. And um, they, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I get a lot of pity. Um, a lot of people feeling sorry for me because they think this place of mystery and uh, living in the question and so on is a terrible, terrifying, unfortunate undesirable place to be when in fact i've never been happier i don't need pity i'm doing great you mm-hmm. know and um i enjoy this post ministerial um world that i'm living in post-church world that i'm living in and uh you know just it's very peaceful and happy and mm-hmm. i i i wish that for other people too yeah you know i like i said i talk about deconstruction a lot and i hear mm-hmm. from people Every day, and, and people who are commenting every day, who aren't, they're in real torment. It's, I know it's. Yeah, hurt.
0: that's yeah. the thing is like, and I, the reason I ask like if you're happy now is because I'm also like at a place where, um, I think that like my journey through all this shit got fast tracked because I landed in super supportive community. That was yeah. also intersectional. That was also training me to be an organizer, like from the jump. And I had access to therapy and meds. So, cool. and I started, me- and then I started meditating and like that, the whole game changed after that. I was just like, all right. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, I the reason I ask about happiness and like kind of like point to that is because there is a lie that I think many people don't know that they're believing, but they tend to do it about like, uh, like, 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 there. It's in the, the imagination is so stifled, is so atrophied, that they're unable to imagine a life beyond these incredibly fearful and painful questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's my great joy to like, I, like, I love being able to like to hold that witness in some ways not to use a churchy word but to use a churchy word i'm just like to hold that witness for someone to say like no 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 like not only is it possible but you will get there Mm -hmm. and i have no idea when but i will be waiting there when you do Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i say the same thing very much
0: yeah um you know
1: it's kind of like um uh i was just telling somebody this morning they were saying when does the fear go away even though the belief i thought was gone the fear is still there but you know that's a real oh mind- yeah
0: especially like fear of mindset
1: yeah it's
0: a mind fear of authority point. fear of the bible yeah. still
1: yeah you're you're uh you don't believe in hell anymore but you're still afraid for going there because you don't believe in hell i mean that's really messed that's, up but it's that's real fucked up it is it is fucked up and it's because um i believe uh for many of us who are deconstructing or have deconstructed or left the church or whatever Um, beliefs aren't just a sort of section of our brain, uh, beliefs are more like air uh, or vapor or fluid that it, it permeates our whole brain and our whole life. So that everything we think, everything we do, everything we say, every relationship, every activity, everything is touched by belief. So that it's almost like a brain tumor that has tentacles all through the brain. It's inoperable. That's mm. sometimes what it feels like for many people who are trying to deconstruct or trying to figure out how do I get beyond this, where my my beliefs have infected every area of my life, and and now you're kind of having to learn how to, you know, live from scratch. Really, it's kind of yes. like compared to um, ex-cons who leave. Prison, and they need a halfway house or some kind of education and training to learn how to live in the real world because it's traumatic.
0: And yes, yeah, that because that when I left, I got kicked out of missionary world when I came out, and I was living with one of my other former missionary friends in a shitty basement apartment that we split. Like mm-hmm. the the roof ended like right here above our heads, and we were both like, "Oh yeah, this is normal. This is wonderful. We can totally get by in this." I'm just like i mean y'all this is fine there's no shame in living where you're living but oh my goodness y'all come like <laughs> um yeah. it's like you know being you know, when you're used to being abused yeah like the smallest you know what is it to to the hungry soul even the bitterest water tastes sweet yeah
1: man i know that i'm 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 very very connected to that i the things I did for the Lord or for the church, uh, mm-hmm. sacrifices I made and the sacrifices I was expected to make, uh, I, I I have stories. But uh, yeah, totally. And and uh, I had to, I had to come out of that. In fact, I wrote a book about it called "Money Is Spiritual." Just
0: oh, for- I, I bought that one. It's coming my way. I'm very excited to read it because it's still something I'm. Oh, cool. Working through it in my own I brain had to
1: exercise that that demon and of, of, uh, just the real poverty mentality that I had um, and the really unhealthy, sick attitude I have about money and business and success and support. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, I've been there, been there, got the T-shirt. pulled. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Can I ask a question? When you say poverty mindset, what do you mean by that? Because I feel like there's a zillion ways that people talk okay. about that.
1: Well, um, for me, there's, generally speaking, I'm going to generalize here, there's two roads you can take in Christianity. One is the health and prosperity gospel one, where God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and successful, and all that Mm -hmm. kind of, um, and then, you know, that's represented by the Joel Osteens of the world, Uh, and then you've got, um, on the other, uh, you need to be poor like Jesus where he didn't even have a place to lay his head. And um, so I chose that one. I didn't mm. choose the health and wealth. I chose poverty um, and to identify as much with uh, the poor uh, Jesus as I mm. could. And it was deeply entrenched in me, um, but I also grew up in a in a home in, a, in my own family and so on that, um, that kind of theology, that poverty kind of mentality, that poverty kind of theology found a a home. It it was Mm -hmm. fertile soil. So that like, I don't remember having money growing up or allowance or, you know, that we had to scrape by. And of course we were a pretty large family. And, you know, so for me, money was impossible to get. Um, I was always embarrassed by how little I had compared to my friends or the quality of my clothes or shoes. You know, so I just grew up with that and um, my theology matched it perfectly. Mm. And uh, so for me, the poverty mentality is that I, I need to be poor and somehow money pollutes spiritual things. Uh, mm. soul, the, the spirit and commerce can't mix, you know. And so I, I, I had to work really, really hard after I left the ministry. I knew I, I, I need to go to school. School life uh, and and figure out how to, you know, get comfortable with with money and with business and promoting and selling and marketing and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was I felt really dirty learning all that, um, mm. but I'm on the other side of that now where I see it's very healthy to have a good healthy attitude towards money and business and so on. <laughs>
0: I'm ready to sign up for your course. Like, where do I sign? It's going to sound tight to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's hard. I, because throw into that mix that I'm an artist and artists suck at uh, valuing their work, um, generally speaking, and uh, putting a price on it. So um, yeah, I, I had to work really, really hard. I left the ministry in 2010. Um, It took me several years of intense, work to um come to the place where i could write a book about money money is spiritual Mm -hmm. and and share my thoughts with other people hoping that maybe many people might be able to identify with it and maybe receive some help from it Mm. (laughs) yeah
0: that's so sweet and like and i mean that like in all sincerity because like what i'm what i'm really enjoying about just being around you is uh you're you feel very level-headed and i know i don't know if that's a compliment to you or not but like i feel like the, so much of the conversation well this is something interesting within like the 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 movement of deconstruction or at least like whatever this yeah. new evolution of christianity might be yeah uh it's like we we don't there's not a whole lot of folks who are older than us like mm-hmm. who are like because i'm 32. And like mm-hmm. most people I know who are like having this are like you know millennials mm-hmm. and so we're all just looking at each other like are you like have who's done this before and like mm-hmm. and like I don't, I don't know like, I'm exactly you're I'm one exactly, like you, you're one you know, no,
1: of age man yeah
0: how old are you 64 you look great also like your hair is like so stunning like Thank it you. is like, I'm just like, I'm like, I hope to go that gray. And like, I'm starting to get gray hairs in my beard. And I'm like, if I go gray, this is, this is what I want. It's like perfect. <laughs> you shall
1: not pass. That's okay.
0: what I, that's what I want. And then eventually, like, I want to grow up my beard so I can be Santa Claus for all my little <laughs> nieces and nephews.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I went, I I bypassed gray. I went straight to white, so uh.
0: yeah. Listen, what does it say that white hair is a crown of glory given to those who have lived a righteous life? That's in Proverbs. <laughs> is it true?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I, I wouldn't say righteous life, but I have lived a life, let me tell you.
0: Well, if, if it's been a life that you've enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough. What's the yeah. difference between that and righteousness?
1: Yeah, good question
0: don't go anywhere a tiny revolution we'll be right back in just a second hey gang let's pull up for like a quick fireside chat real quick i want to say first and foremost thank you so much for fucking listening to my podcast i've been doing this podcast for going on five years now and it's been downloaded close to a million times and that's really fucking cool um you know, this podcast is, was not the thing that was. Um, I didn't expect to make it part of my my work and I guess my career in some ways. Um, and what's lovely about the work the entire time I've been doing this is that it has been supported by the community, by listeners like you. Like I've had like I think like the same hundred twenty people on Patreon, even when I wasn't doing shit for them, even when was I, when I, we weren't creating content, even before the Discord channel, even before the exclusive merch. I had people who were supporting me because they believed that making like progressive faith content was important. Having conversations like this were revelatory and freedom giving. And, um, I, I would say it's the same thing because it's, it's what it's doing for me. I do this work because it's setting me free. If I'm being honest, I do this work because it gives me joy and I love it. And, um, I really just want you to invite you to be a part of it. If this has been helpful for you um, and you have the means, please, I want you to consider joining the Crowded Table spiritual community. Not just because it helps support things like this podcast or making of progressive faith content, but because we're trying to create an online spiritual community, especially in 2022. Like I'm casting the vision soon. So if you want to get in on it and want to be a part of shaping it, now's the time. I'm talking regular online kind of like progressive faith I don't want to say church services, but just like something fresh, something new that can help us. And if you want to be a part of shaping that, I welcome you into the Crowded Table, a spiritual community for all heretics and doubt-filled believers. It's for you. It's for you, my love. So go to patreon.com slash Garcia. Learn all the perks, um, including the exclusive merch they are monthly workshops and in the month of december we're going to be watching uh, fucking christmas movies on discord so get your shit together and get on over there and join up it's going to be a really fun time i love you thank you for the support and yes i'm going to be spamming you all month with messages like these so um buckle up baby <laughs> tis the season i love you i love you i love you now let's get back to the show
1: I appreciate that compliment about level-headed and all that. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, So I also make many people like came across your work because of your cartoons, which are just a delightful, like delightfully tongue in cheek every single time. (laughs) Um, If you ever get wild, you should uh, it's like I saw um, the shepherds in the fields by night, but just like the like um, what is it like the biblically accurate seraphim who have like the multiple eyes, multiple wings, multiple heads. I'm just, <laughs> like, just like, that's the one I want to see David draw. Cause that would be hilarious. Um, Anyway. So that's my idea for you. If you ever need something, but, um, how did, how did it start? Like, what, like, what was it like, what when you were first writing of these original cartoons, mm. what was the intent? What was your, in, yeah what was the inspiration why did you start it etc
1: well i've been drawing all my life my dad was an artist um i i just re- remember drawing and painting when i was a kid and all the way through just sketching doodling all the time and now uh, you know i was a pastor and all that and i started my blog in 2005 naked pastor and I was writing and sharing paintings and things like that. But I like a good cartoon. I really like a good cartoon. And there was uh, one cartoonist who had challenged himself to draw a cartoon every day. Actually, his name's Hugh McLeod. Um, Gaping Void is the name of his cartoons. And uh, he was known for drawing cartoons on the back of business cards. And then he's doing very well. But I thought and I liked his work. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself to draw a cartoon every day. I'm an artist. I could probably pull it off. And I thought, okay, I might last a couple of weeks. And here we are, uh, 17 years later, still drawing cartoons every day. Mm. And uh, I kept doing it because people responded to them. They they love them. They um, I tried to do them all in one frame um, so that, you know, There's not a lot of reading. They're very punchy. Uh, I just love the power and the effectiveness of them. Like um, you, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Somebody, uh, somebody's endorsing my new book coming out saying Mm. uh, my, my cartoons are worth a thousand sermons. So if I can in one split second convey a message um, and it's too late, you can't unsee it. It's, it's very powerful. And so And I have a lot of fun doing it and um, seem to be helping a lot of people and pissing a lot of people off too at the same time.
0: (laughs) And that's how we like it. (laughs) And when I tell you like, that is honestly how I feel. It feels like when looking at your work is like, it just spells it out very, very clearly. It's like, ah, like, you know, this, and those are kind of like, um, kind of like what parables are about. It's just like, you know, just like this very, very click, quick small thing like the kingdom of god is like yeah yeah Um, yeah. and you being able to spell it out in a cartoon is just like i remember like the first like like even those like little like my first ones that i saw i think were like you're the the gay sheep yeah the the rainbow sheep cartoons and i'm just like this is a little silly but like i'll i'll get into it this is interesting but then like as i was like oh no like this is actually very very clear what yeah. the person is like the, this artist is trying to say this is also a very very clear indication of what's actually happening mm-hmm.
1: um my sheep cartoons that they, they uh, people they really slap, slap people.
0: And, mm-hmm. yeah uh, I, like I, I remember like the first time i posted it, to, like my facebook like i got like my entire family was just like that's not how our church I'm like okay I can't do this so no more no more cartoons on Facebook I guess no more no more interaction on Facebook I get
1: that all the time from people I love your cartoons I can't like them or share them or I'll get up in trouble with my family
0: and that's mostly like why like again like I'm not really on Facebook all that much like I have all my things posting over there but I live in Instagram and Twitter world because it's just yeah, easier. It's easier yeah. to curate there. I haven't had those as long. And, you know, Definitely. if I really, really need Facebook, I'll hire yeah. someone else to do it. It's just too much.
1: I'm getting that way. And Instagram, unfortunately, feels like it's going that way, too.
0: But, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like, that, that's also, so, like, I hate to be a digital ministry, but just like those of us who are kind of, like, occupying whatever the space is. Um, I am, I'm asking a lot of questions like, you know, how do I keep going and how do I continue to do the things in a way that is not going to burn me the hell out again? Mm -hmm. Um, good question. Yeah. How do you take care of yourself? Like what are the, what are the things that you check in on?
1: Yeah. So, um, I, I, uh, have sent out a lot of my work. Um, so, for example, printmaking and the mugs and t-shirts and all, my books and everything. I don't do any of that here. I've, I've subbed them out. Um, so I can sit here and create and um, write and interact. Um, I have my daughter who's helping me um, with my uh, social media. And she'll say, Dad, there's some comments here you need to look at or, you know, whatever. Um, and I just try to spend my time um, creating and writing. <clears throat> you know, I get up in the morning and I do my morning routine of doing some contemplative reading and then writing in my journal. And then I put on the music, the coffee, let the dog out, meditate, you know, exercise. Lisa and I, we go for walks, um, you know, eat well. and try to take the evening off and days off so i you know i'm learning as i go along uh the the um um instagram and tiktok and places like that can really suck you in and and drain oh, blood yeah. right out of you and i have to be really careful there um so but at the same time i enjoy engaging and interacting with other people mm-hmm. who are really really struggling so um, there's real intense conversations and meetings and relationships that are uh, happening there that mm-hmm. I really enjoy and and really want to contribute to. So mm-hmm. that's how I do it. How about you? Do you um, manage it well?
0: I think. I mean, I uh, I don't do anything that doesn't please me. Like I'm, okay. I um I'm also kind of of we talked about it like at the very top of the the conversation about like making happiness the ultimate goal and maybe even the only goal. Right. But for for me, happiness also equates to peace and peace equates to God. And that for me is right. Everything and everything to me. Right. So, but my, my days pretty much start the same way. It's like, wake up, let the dog out, um, start Mm -hmm. the coffee, um, Mm -hmm. and sit down in front of my altar, do some yoga, meditate, um and keep and like it's like really the only practice that it's really this it's just the work of life is how do i keep myself in the center of myself you know how do i keep myself uh in equilibrium so that i can actually a enjoy what's happening and b i cannot you know or i can just like see reality for what it is yeah Um, yeah that's the only thing i think like I think that's like I want people to understand is that just like you know peace is peace is offered to you right now, like heaven is here now, not when you die. Mm-hmm. Um or maybe probably when you die. I I I don't know. Maybe. Um, <laughs> but just like you could have it now. Like why why prolong it? Right. And and then for me, I'm like, that's the only game in town. That's the only thing I want to do. And that's really all I care about. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and if something interferes with that, or if like if I'm too tired to do whatever it is I have to do it, I take space.
1: Yep. yep.
0: Um, Like unapologetic about my rest and how much I need it. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a wild fucking world out there right now. I'm like this world is, t- I used to think that I had a degree, a decreased capacity for things, but then I'm also thinking like, actually this world is just like energetically very heavy right now. There's a lot yeah, of is. shit going down. There is. Yeah. I
1: totally agree. I feel it. Um, Mm -hmm. being an empath, somewhat, uh, yeah, it feels very heavy and a lot of sadness and a lot of concern. And I don't like the way the world is right now. I mean, I'd prefer Mm -hmm. us go back a couple of years minus some major characters.
0: Oh Um, my god, but uh, summer night 2019, yeah, anyone remember? (sighs) Yeah,
1: we just uh, we just had a um my family all got together my wife and i and our three kids and significant others got together they opened the border i'm in canada they opened a border to maine um into uh, to the states and so our one of our sons lives in california he flew Mm -hmm. up and we met in maine at a airbnb for a week out in the woods and and uh hung out no uh cell phone coverage and hung out for a week in the hot tub and drinking wine and talking and playing games so it was so good for us and Thanks. now now uh as soon as we got home pretty much they closed the border again so it's
0: uh yeah look, we just uh, listen opportunity look at god won't she do it <laughs> she said listen i know what you need i'm gonna open a border just for you david hayward i got you <laughs> You
1: know i love that accent my wife's from alabama so
0: uh oh praise god she's a good woman that's right yep definitely. hashtag like literally like women from the south are like i was just like good woman yeah. tm yeah um yeah. i always um i try to ask five questions of every single person um before i leave every single time i don't always remember but when i do i like it and so Okay. It's semi rapid fire so like you can answer in whatever we want but it's five questions. The first one is what's something you like about yourself, David?
1: I like that I uh am very prolifically creative. Like I just love creating stuff and um I yeah, creative, mm-hmm. imaginative.
0: Yeah. What's one thing in your life that you're proud of? My family. Mm. Mm-hmm. What is one thing in your life that really pisses you off?
1: Uh alt-rightism.
0: Ooh, Listen, well, we'll come back next time for that Pop- one.
1: Populist ideology.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, what's one thing that you're committed to?
1: The freedom of others. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm and what is one thing that you want to do before you die
1: uh, this is going to sound strange but keep doing what i'm doing that's it Perfect. like I'm, I'm 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 loving what i'm doing i i i can't imagine there's nothing i'd really want to change and there's nothing i really want to you know predict uh, think it's life is good and life is now mm. and time is now Eternity is now you were you were Say talking it. about that earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, so right now, I'm here now. And mm-hmm. that's where I always want to be.
0: Yeah. Tell you what, what that right there. if like, that's what I want people to get to is just like, I know that like, you think it's about wherever you're supposed to be going. Mm. No. Like, it's like, again, like, if heaven is right here, where else would you go? Exactly. Yeah. And that to me is like, that's everything like just like you know like i don't really like people who was just like i don't really have hopes because like that's for people who have a future i don't need to hope in anything
1: mm. yeah
0: like I, I i gave up on hope because like it was too painful but what was right now was quite beautiful
1: yeah well even jesus talked about the fullness of time and the fullness of time is now i mean and mm. even quantum physicists n- know that they, they say there's no such thing as time it's a human invention uh, used to make things convenient. Um, time is just a whole lot of, um, connected nows. Mm-hmm. And so it's just now, 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 now connected moments.
0: Yeah. And the like trick billionth is, of a moment by billionth of a moment.
1: Yeah. Be here now. And th- that's the fullness of time for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, everyone, please go pick up a copy of the seminal work. Be here now by Ram Dass.
1: Yeah.
0: that was the one that got me yeah. yeah and also just i really want to get half of those illustrations as tattoos i think that'd be sick
1: um my son just got a tattoo of one of my images uh sophia metamorphosis It's the one um sophia where she's walking and there's a she's surrounded by butterflies mm. and it looks amazing it's amazing a tattoo did such a tattooist did such a great job so mm. uh yeah. That's a lot of a people have my uh, art on as tattoos, so it's pretty cool. I don't have any myself, but.
0: you have no tattoos? No. You're not that guy? I'm not that guy, no. No piercings? No. So are you? have you even really deconstructed if you haven't got a tattoo or a piercing? Get out of here, you're you know fake.
1: What? Many years ago, I have, have you ever heard of the expression prophetic word?
0: Oh, I, girl, I was Pentecostal as oh, hail. Hallelujah come on now
1: i got a prophetic word many years ago and the guy said you are your own tattoo (laughs) so i've never gotten a tattoo not because of that i just don't i don't i just don't care to have a
0: tattoo but you are your own (laughs) tattoo what is what do you think it means
1: uh your own tattoo i don't know i don't know i wrap it i don't know Listen. Let's, I think what he meant was, I don't need a tattoo to um, um, to fit in and be cool, to display or um, to pronounce anything that I'm I'm kind of out there as I am. So I think that's what he was getting at, but I don't know.
0: It's like, hey, don't make yourself any more weird than you already are, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> um, um, well, David, I have so enjoyed our time together. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you. and so. Will you tell humans on the internet where they can connect and buy all your things?
1: Nakedpastor.com, easy as that. Yep.
0: Yeah. It's you. not what you think. This is not an OnlyFans, okay? If you're yeah. nasty out there. Cause <laughs> listen, here's the deal. I know a bunch of my queer dude friends are gonna look at you and just like, that is a zaddy. That is what I'm looking for. They're gonna go to nakedpastor.com and they're gonna see no naked pastor and be very upset. <laughs> so you nasty people yeah. out there, get your head out the gutter.
1: Yeah, so naked pastors one word. If you Google naked pastor two words, you will see naked pastors.
0: Oh, one word. word. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So don't don't get that mixed up. Okay. <laughs> All right. anyway. You, out, you know. Yeah, unless that's what you're looking for. In which case, like party on, dude. That was my conversation with David Hayward, the Naked Pastor. You can find all of his work across the internet at Naked Pastor and at NakedPastor.com. A lot of his stuff is available in prints. He's got some amazing books that he mentioned. I am definitely going to pick up the one about money and spiritual because Lord knows I could use a reframe in 2022. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, I hope that this conversation was as delicious for you as it was for me. I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to all of the family at the crowded table, which is the online spiritual community, which helps support this podcast. If you want to know how you can become a part of the crowded table, go to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and join us because especially in 2022, there are amazing things happening, including we have a, tithing partner we're going to start uh giving 10 percent of our income to we have got um events we've got a, some retreats that are going to come up and there's also so many delicious perks um for supporting this work and becoming a part of the community so if you're looking for a spiritual community to join that is not dogmatic that is seeking love justice all that good shit, um and just you need a place to belong, come pull up a seat at the crowded table. It's a lot of fun. I'm really, really proud. Not to mention our Discord channel. Just the mere fact that we can connect with each other is so amazing. We've got 179 people in the community now and we will, I wanna get it to 250. I want us to really crank it up because there's so much I wanna do. So once again, uh, I love you. I hope you're having a great holiday season. And if you're not, that is okay. you are still loved, you are amazing. And I just want you to take care of yourself out there. So till next time, my friends, I'm Kevin. This has been another episode of A Tiny Revolution. Go take your meds, call your person, shake your ass a little bit, eat something delicious, lay your ass down and take a nap and don't just hustle yourself out too much, okay? I love you. Bye.